How many know we serve a mighty good God? Mighty good God. We're honored to be here with you this morning. Hey, sweet angel, I didn't see you sitting over there. There you go. Talking to my wife. Y'all pray for me. Okay. I had to say that in the beginning because I may say some things later on in the message. <laughs> she might. Well, praise the Lord. Okay. So this morning, we just wanted to share with you, um, and we're looking to take our time a little bit. Y'all don't mind if I take my time? Can I take my time? All right. I promise not to be longer than, okay, I'm going to take my time. So we're going to, no, I'm not going to be. No. I wanted to say thank the Lord for Pastor Jeff. He did call me yesterday um, and let me know yesterday afternoon, evening, night middle of the night no he, it was it was early enough but he called me to say um that he wasn't feeling well and he was doing his best to make it he wanted me to express um his gratitude to all of you for coming out and let you all know that he loves you very much um he said he tried really hard but his voice just was not having it so <clears throat> i said well pastor jeff i sing and sing too and you know, my voice might not have it either, but we thank the Lord. He, um, he asked if we could do it gracefully. Um, and I must say to you all, reluctantly, I said yes. Reluctantly. So, okay. So thank the Lord for Pastor Jeff. And I wanted to say uh, to Cindy as well, to my sister, I love her very much. I'm grateful for her. She continuously, uh, like, is always sending messages. So if you see me, where, where do I look at? Right here. So Cindy, I love you very much. Thank you. Because she always sends little messages to encourage me, even when um, nobody knows and, you know, things. She just sends a little small message of encouragement. Anybody know how that is when you need that little word of encouragement? So she's always done that. And I also wanted to say, and this is it, I, I know she didn't ask me to say it, but for those of you who don't know, this has been a little bit longer than a year that I've been here with, with Turning Point now. Um, and so I wanted to say thank the Lord, but it was Cindy who called me on a Thursday evening. So, and I'll never forget the time when she called me and said, hey, listen, would you um, be willing to come down and share with us in fellowship? And I was like, this lady calling me and the name was funny and I know it was, but um, I'm so grateful for the phone call because that afforded me the opportunity to be here with you all today. So let's thank the Lord. Really quick, I'm going to share with you. If Again, I'm not Pastor Jeff, so it is a little daunting because Pastor Jeff is a theologian and he speaks with levels of eloquence and all these wonderful things. I'm not really like that. So I'm just going to share with you this morning. Is that okay? Amen. And so I figure the longer I'm around Pastor Jeff and Pastor Jonathan and all of those theologians, those gentlemen and, and, and ladies and those who speak with this wonderful didactic sense of, of urgency, uh, big word, uh, but, but I, I'll learn a little bit more. But for right now, I'm going to do my best to just be me and let God use me the way that he would do. So in the book of Acts chapter 2, in the book of Acts Chapter 2, uh, verse 1, I'm just reading this portion of Scripture, says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Uh, I want to unpack that. I want to unpack it. But I, Okay. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, somebody say fully. That meant that it wasn't in part, it didn't take its time, wasn't little pieces of it. You do know we respond to pieces at time. The Bible says that when it had fully come, they were all with one accord. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I hope you like me this morning. Forget it, forget it. We're going to pray. Can you go to that second scripture for me? Acts chapter 1, 
verses 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Lord have mercy. Some of y'all been reading too. Uh, not many days from now. Back up to that fourth verse if you would. And being assembled together, this is Jesus talking, uh, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, don't leave. Don't leave. But wait. Oh Lord, waiting is hard, isn't it? But wait for the promise of the Father for which he said, you have heard from me. Now go to number five. For John truly baptized with water. He says, but if you wait on me, you shall be baptized. If they didn't move, they would be baptized. If they didn't get out of place too soon, they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit not too many days from now. In other words, it was on the way. It was coming. It was coming. Tell your neighbor, say, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Lord, have mercy. Let me pray so you can sit. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, God, for these, your people. Father, allow your anointing to move in this house, permeating every vessel, God, in this place that we would receive from you this morning. In the matchless name of Jesus, somebody sit down and say amen. You may be seated. Why are you here this morning? If you know me, you can yell out and talk and stuff. That's fine. Why are you here this morning? Somebody said, Chetch. You've been listening to some good music data. Okay. To receive the Holy Spirit. Some of us have come to see friends. Some of us have come expecting a good time. Some have come because of tradition. Some of us have come because we were bored and had nothing else to do. Some of you are still on the fence of why you even came at all. I ask this question because there needs to be an understanding of why you come here. There needs to be a level of either expectation or expectancy that God is going to do something in your life. Why come to church and not expect God to do anything? It makes me upset to come and be waiting and I'm coming with expectation that God is going to do something and nothing seems to happen. Why continue to go to church and nothing happen? Don't know about you all but I'm a little tired of coming and not getting a transforming move of God. Let me explain what I mean by transforming move of God. There are things that happen. Some of us know what a touch is. Anybody know what a touch is? Anybody want to touch from God? Amen. Good for you. Anybody know what a move of God is? Anybody want a move of God to happen? Amen. Now, for those of you that didn't raise your hand, this one is for you. Some of you are tired of being touched and tired of being moved, but you want to be changed. Uh, 
Let me know when my time is up. You know, I got to make sure my time is up. I got to be good. Oh, Lord. We have so many things in common and we don't realize that all of us are coming in this place at one time that we would hear a word from God that would change our lives. Every single one of us in here, I don't care where you come from, I don't care what side of town you come from, I don't care what color you are, I don't care how you wash your dishes, I don't care where you eat at. If you don't eat ribs like I do, that's okay. There are some of us that do things totally and completely different, but every single one of us in this room have come to hear a word from God that would change our lives. So why not get it? Why come here and not demand and request and, and beseech the God of the universe to move on our behalf? Why settle for less? Let me ask the question. When you go to McDonald's, for those of you who go to McDonald's, when you go to McDonald's and you pay your money, do you, do you expect them to give you something in return? Do you expect, matter, matter of fact, the return? Do you expect when you go into McDonald's to get something from there? Do you expect it, those that go to McDonald's? Some of y'all don't go to McDonald's. When you go to Panera Bread, some of you go to Panera. When you, you're expecting to get something when you go inside. I've come to challenge you this morning to not come to this building ever again and not expect the God you serve to move in your life. God, we need you to move. We need you to move. We need you to move. Do you not know that God would respond to your voice? Some of us know what it's like to be desperate. I mean, some of you are dating, and I don't want to talk about Pastor Jonathan. I got to talk about you. I'm going to just talk about you for a little bit. You know, and I won't bother you. I won't bother you. I won't get you in no trouble. It's, it's, it's important to know that when you're dating or however it's going, sometimes you seem desperate. Ladies, and those of you that are married, uh, uh, ladies, have, did your husband ever seem like he was desperate? No, you don't want to get in any trouble. Just, just shake your head if he's sitting next to you. It's okay. There's a thing that desperation brings about when, you, when, when it's pushing and, and desperation makes you do things or say things that you wouldn't normally do. This is for those who are quiet when they worship the Lord. This is for those who say, well, God doesn't move on me that way. Let me help you real quick. When you are desperate enough, When you want it bad enough, when you know you need it, when it's something, you know, I, I, I've, I've lost family members to drugs and all kinds of things, and they were just like junkies. And anybody, I'm not ashamed to tell you, you know, my family, you know, folks messed up, you know, but, but the truth of the matter is, is that I've seen them, and they've just become so desperate because they need that thing. They want that thing. They do anything to get it, except with us, with Christianity with God, with his move, why do we not become desperate like a junkie needing a, God, would you do it for me? I don't care what it is, who it is, it's in the way. You know, they don't let anybody get in the way. I need your presence. I need your spirit. I need you to move. I need God no matter what. I'm coming here and I'm going to wait on you. I don't know what to expect, but I'm expecting something. But I need you to move. God, would you do it? I need to have it in my life because I know that if you bless me, God, you can bless my children. Because God, if you bless me and you bless my children, you can bless my pocketbook. God, if you bless me, you can bless everything in my life. But I got to get to a place to where I'm expecting him to do it. Okay, I'm sorry. That's the, that's the opening. Forgive me. I'm sorry. What to expect when expecting? There was a book in 1984 by Heidi Murkoff. She, it's a book about pregnancy. 
what to expect when you're expecting. The thing that, that, that baffles some of us is the understanding of expectation versus expectancy. Expectation versus expectancy. Let me help you out. Can I help you out? Just checking. Okay. Expectation says, God, I expect you to, I expect that you will do this. You know, I expect you will do it a certain way. That's my expectation. Expectancy. As a matter of fact, Job was the one who says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him because I've recognized. Expectancy says, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. I can't see my way clear, but I recognize your authority. I recognize who you are. I recognize that you have the power to do everything. That So it doesn't matter to me when you do it, how you do it, but I just know you can do it. Anybody ever been in a situation where you needed God to move and you didn't know how it was going to happen? You couldn't see it. You couldn't see the provision for it, but you just knew that God was going to do it? Hey. Again, I'm sorry. Let me do my three points. I'm sorry. Three points. Forgive me. Three Three points. (laughs) Oh, Lord. What to expect when you're expecting. Waiting is a hard lesson. The hardest lesson that I've had to experience in my Christian walk with God is how to wait on God. It wasn't waiting because I'm going to wait regardless. But the fact is, how do I wait on you, God, when I know that you're getting ready to move or you're going to do something, but how do I posture myself to wait on you? Because there are times when I fail. There's times when I falter. As a matter of fact, I fail and falter all the time because I think God wants to move this way and it's not that way. And I go back this way and it's not that way because I'm trying to operate on what I think or my, 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 my humanity wants me to do something a different way, but the anointing is pulling a separate way. And the entire time God is saying, wait on me. Wait on me. Number one, position. In waiting on God, you must be in the right position. Tell your neighbor, say, get in the right position. If you're not in the right position, you can miss the transforming move from God. If you are not in the right position, that means that whatever posture you need to find yourself in, you need to get into that position and wait. It's like a holding pattern. You need to sit there and wait. Even though everything else around you seems like it's prospering or moving or being blessed or whatever the deal is, you've got to wait. No, I got to be faithful. I got to be strong. I got to be. Why is that happening? Because you know that the God of the universe has promised you. He said, I'm going to move on your behalf. I'm going to help you uh, learn more, get more spiritually mature, whatever the deal is. But you've got to be in the right position. And tell your neighbor, say, I got to be in the right position. Number two, preparation for what God is getting ready to do. I was talking to a young lady. She says, I want to be married. Um, and, and I don't do marriage counseling. I just refuse to do marriage counseling um, because I just, I just don't think it's, I don't, I don't need to do marriage counseling because <laughs> I've tried it. I've tried to do, I do counsel, just to let you all know, I'm finishing up my master's in mental health, clinical mental health. Um, uh, uh, come help me study some of this stuff. Woo, woo, take them tests. But really, finishing it up, and I should be done this year, praise the Lord, and clinical mental health and, and disorders and stuff and all kind of stuff. But uh, I've done, I've taken my, my, my uh, swing at uh, marriage counseling, and um, it, it hasn't worked out. <sighs> Y'all think I'm joking. 
just give me a second. Sister Tina, it didn't work out, did it? No, I'm talking. It didn't work out. She know, I was working with some people. She, uh, did you send them to me? Did you send them to me? I'm just checking. I, I want to make, I want to put, anyway, I was working with some folks. And um, if you get to know me, you'll learn that I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> now, wait a minute now. Everybody don't want to hear the truth, you know. We say we want to hear the truth. Hey, but we don't necessarily want to hear the truth truth. You know, we all got our own truth, but the truth we don't want to hear. That's okay. But so it was said, hey, listen, no, we want to come. We want to just folks, just random people. We just want you to minister to us. We want to hear the truth about what it is. We just know because we see that you are a man of God. Here comes trouble. We see you are a man of God and you're going to give us what the word says. Yep. And you're going to just be honest with us. Yep. And then next thing you know, when you start being honest about real stuff, folks start to say, I don't know if I can make that next appointment because, and then they call in and say, well, we'll call you on the video and, 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 and then they stop coming because you start telling the truth because you do understand that truth is, is the foundation of who we are in, in Christ. And, and most of us, when it comes to our transition or our move or our position and our preparation, we don't want the truth. So this young lady was talking to me about getting married. I said, well, you really want to be married? I said, you really, I was just messing. You really want to be married? I said, go home and, and clean out half of your closet. And, and take half of your, I really did. I said, take half of your closet, separate, I mean, just take everything and make it just nothing on this side. Take everything, half of it. Go into your bathroom and, and set up the bathroom. You don't have a his and her, that's okay. Separate half of it. You got to put two toothbrushes in there, everything. Else. And then when you sleep in your bed, oh, I love, okay. Now sleep on one side of the bed. Don't sleep on the other side of the bed. Those of you that are married, you know what I mean. So, well, for some of y'all, because my wife sleeps diagonal. But, but, but pray for her, pray for her. <laughs> you do, you know, you, yeah, yeah, you do, you do. Okay. 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 But, but, but sleep on one side of the bed. She's like, I, I like to sleep on my whole bed. We don't want to deal with the preparation that's necessary for what we're asking God for. It costs you something to get what it is. You don't want to put the time in. You don't want to put the prayer in. You don't want to put the fasting in. You don't want to deny yourself for what it is that you're asking God for. Why is it that we're expecting God to move? We want God to do everything. We become so narcissistic in this generation and mindset. We want it all to be about us. God, heal me. God, fix me. But yet and still, we won't honor him. We won't come to him. We won't give him his just due. Give him 30 seconds. Give him 10 minutes of the best praise. See what happens. When was the last time you just came in here and said, God, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I just want to bless you. When was the last time? Okay, let me keep moving. My time, my time. Just let me know about the time. Uh, Time, as a matter of fact. Number three, time is what delineates agenda. Careful not to move at the wrong time. Sometimes we're doing the right thing, but at the wrong time. There are so many of us that can testify I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Some of y'all know what I mean. Let me just talk to my brother. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Some of us are doing the right thing at the wrong time. 
You're expecting God to do, to move on your behalf, and you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. But technically, there's some things that you're not supposed to be doing at that time. Let me explain what I mean. We are moving and operating on our own agendas. We believe that it's our time to move or our time to respond or our time to do what it is. Uh, But the verse that we read earlier in Acts tells us to wait until the Holy Spirit has fully come. Did it not say that? Can you put that back up there so they can see it? I don't know if they believe me. Go back to the, the number two, Acts two, verse one. Uh-huh. He says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Just leave that there. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, when it all culminated to when it was now ready, sometimes we ask God or we want to move or we want to take the cake out before it's fully ready. Yes, it belongs to you. Yes, you've been fasting or praying or you've been been, been giving your sacrificial offering, whatever it is you've been doing. You've been doing all the things you're supposed to do, but it's not time yet because it hasn't fully come. Tell your neighbor, I got to learn to wait. We got to learn to wait. I got to wait until it's fully there. Watch this. It might even be for you but it ain't the time yet. Time is what decides my agenda. And it's not my time. But what time is it on God's arm? What does his watch say? I wonder what kind of watch God got. What kind of watch? You think he got an Apple watch? Samsung? I know he got no Rolex. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. There are two things that are being said there. They were all in one, all with one accord in one place. Let me reverse it. We are all in one place, but not all on one accord. Does everybody know what it means to be on one accord? You don't even have to like me to be on one accord. Who said amen? (laughs) In order for us to knock down an obstacle, you don't even have to know me. But our agenda has to be the same. Our mission needs to be the same. Would you not agree that coming into this place that our missions and agendas should be the same. So check it out. If our missions and agendas are going to be the same, and if we all can be in the same place at the same time, and then we can begin to link up spiritually and be on one accord, you do know what can happen. As a matter of fact, what should happen? What should happen? What should happen? What should happen? An outpouring of God's presence. I don't know about you, but anybody need an outpouring of God's presence? How long has it been since we've had an outpouring of his presence? How long has it been since he's come in and just filled the room so much so that couldn't nobody preach, nobody could sing, they couldn't do anything? It was just God's presence. Oh, I'm going to get into trouble. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Where am I at? 
I liken this waiting on God. I like this. I liken this expectancy, us expecting and coming in on this one accord and waiting for the Spirit of the Lord to fully, fully arrive to being pregnant to a woman having a baby. First trimester, ladies, those of you who had children, you know how it goes. First trimester, you get the announcements, you talk about it, you tell your husband, preferably he's happy. No, he's always happy, right? When you get to about four or five, you just start, you know, I got eight. So around about three, four, five, you're talking about, man, this, you know, we got to do something. We got to get a TV or something, Angel. We got to do better. We got to do better. Okay. Oh, y'all pray for me. Let me keep going. Okay. So the announcement comes. I love my children. Are they here? I love them very much. I love all of them. <laughs> I do. I really do love them. Uh, be careful who you share your news with. Be careful who you tell the blessing of God is in me and something God is about to do and something God is about to do in this house, even in Turning Point. Be careful who we're sharing the news with because everybody is not for you. There are people who, do you not know? Let me just talk about Charles. There are people who are literally on assignment to destroy your joy, to destroy your happiness. And some of them live close to you. Some of them might. I'm going to just talk about y'all. Some of them might be in the same church as you. They do. They see you start getting excited about what God is getting ready to do in Turning Point, and they get all messed up in their mind everything else, and then they start getting beside themselves. Well, you know, God used to do that, you know, 10 years ago too. Uh, so be careful who you share, what news you share about what God is getting ready to do. Be careful. Everybody's not going to be happy. Understand this in the beginning of that first trimester. There's also morning sickness for some of us. Well, some I got morning sickness. I don't know what was wrong and I wasn't having a baby, but. Um, I did like I, I just, just couldn't eat nothing and I'm like, what is this, Lord? And then your diet changes. Your body begins to prepare for what's coming. In the beginning, it's preparing for what's about to happen. Some of us need to recognize we're in the first trimester, some of us, and you need to prepare for what God is getting ready to do. You need to make the proper preparation for what God is getting ready to do. Let me jump to the second trimester. The second trimester, you begin to show what's happening. They call it showing. Sister, listen, why did you laugh when I rubbed my stomach? I thought they loved me, you know, she laughing because, you know, I was just talking about because that's what happens. That begins to show, oh, you was laughing because of my stuff. Ah, that's okay. Praise the Lord. The Lord loved me. Okay. But <laughs> mom begins to show. What does that mean spiritually? And naturally, it means that the baby is now making, it's getting bigger, growing up. Amen. Spiritually, there's something that's happening on the inside that's beginning to show on the outside. They used to sing it, something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change 
in my life. There's something that now people who know me can begin to see that the spirit of God is moving and God is, is, is testing and pushing and doing all types of things with me because I'm beginning to grow and I'm beginning to, to, to mature and things are beginning to happen differently than what I used to do. There are some of us who begin to grow spiritually and you begin to shake off things and people and th- and they begin to look, what's going on with you? What's different with you? That's because you are beginning to show what's going on on the inside. Let me keep moving. Uh, we're so grateful for that manifestation of what's happening on the inside, but now it's beginning to show, Lord, I'm so available, and I just want to make sure that I understand the preparation that it takes for me to get ready because it's about to happen. Understand that anything that mom eats in the second trimester, anytime she's pregnant, anytime she's eating, it affects the baby directly. It affects the baby directly. So if she's eating pickles and butter pecan ice cream, it affects the baby directly. If she's eating bologna or, I don't know, barbecue or something, I don't know. We are in Texas, some Tex-Mex or some Spanish food or something, you know, Mexican food, whatever. It affects the baby directly. Need those nutrients, those vitamins. Baby starts to grow, getting bigger and stronger. Amen? Spiritually, be careful what you eat. Be careful what you feed yourself. Be careful what you allow people to feed you. Be careful of what you are around because you're picking up what's in your surroundings. You're picking up what other people say. Do you not know you start transfer, folks start transferring stuff, getting, when they get close enough to you? I teach this to my daughters. I don't know if they're in here, but I teach this to them. Oh, there you go, Ryan. Raise your hand. That's right. I, what's wrong with you? embarrass my children. I say you too, sweetheart. There you go. All right. All right. I tell them, this is your space. This is your personal space. No one is to enter your personal space. You and Jesus, that's it. When you turn 35 after that point, why are y'all laughing? Did I say something funny? Your personal space is important. The Bible says that God says this in the Bible. David was saying, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In other words, so many of us, translation, we stop at the right hand. And we don't make it into the presence. Some of you are excited and rejoicing over the pleasures. But, oh, which would happen, it would change your life if you got into the presence. He said in in his presence, David said in your presence, there's fullness of joy. Some of us are rejoicing to partial blessings. We are rejoicing to partial miracles, to partial things. Tell your neighbor, get into his presence, get into his presence. You'll know when somebody's in, their, in, in God's presence because they act different. They even smell different. They, they, they talk different. They, they do it. The Bible talks about the disciples and the people when they met them saying, your words, the, the people were meeting them. They're saying their words were, was betraying them because of, they, they realized that they had been in God's presence. Do you not know that you can't be around somebody who is um, uh, something, something that somebody has going on with them, uh, something. If, if, if I was around somebody who was an alcoholic, 
and I was in their presence a whole bunch. When I leave them, do you not know I could smell like them? Let me do something else for my generation. If, if, if you were smoking marijuana, I know none of, none of y'all know anything about this, but in my time, people would smoke marijuana or cigarettes. Is that safer? I don't want to go. Yeah, y'all church folks, you know, y'all spiritual and deep, you know. God, don't, we don't do that kind of stuff in here, dear Lord. But you would be, you can smell it. Somebody say you get contact. Oh, boy, I'm not supposed to talk like that. I'm going to get in trouble. If you're in the presence of the wrong people, why is it not that way when we're in God's presence? I wouldn't mind getting a little contact from the Spirit of God. I wouldn't mind having his presence surrounding me in such a way that when I'm walking into a room, you can just sit God's presence all on me. When I'm walking into a room, if you need something, I don't even have to say anything. It's God's presence who ministers to you and you get healed or delivered or whatever it is that you need from God. We need to get into God's presence in a way so that our family members and our friends and our people on our jobs and the people in our church can get some contact. Let me go. Let me go. I got time, I got time, time. Real quick, real quick, I'm sorry, let me get moving. Third trimester, third trimester, you begin to feel the weight of the pregnancy. The weight, not just, it's not just figurative anymore. You're not just showing, it's not just cute. It's not just everybody smiling and everybody loving on you. Now she begins to get annoyed. See, Angie, I told you I had to repent earlier because I ain't want to say nothing, you know, because my wife, I ain't going to say nothing about what was going on. I ain't going to say it. I ain't going to say it. I, I want to say it. If you, if not, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. See, <laughs> when in the third trimester, all the weight you begin to gain and everything's happening, and now you become so uncomfortable, she's getting pains all over the place. She can feel the baby moving. Whenever she sits, she can never get comfortable. All this stuff is going on because the baby is trying to come out. Mom doesn't recognize it because mom is just upset and frustrated and uncomfortable. And I just want to get this thing out of me. I just want to. I know y'all ain't see. And I didn't say it was you, sweet angel. I just said, you know. And then comes the moment of truth. Here comes the moment of truth. It's now time. It's Sunday morning. Can I do it that way? It's Sunday morning. It's getting time. It's getting ready for worship, getting time for prayer, getting time for us to give God our best. It's time for the delivery. It's time for us to come together. Here it is. It's time. And going back to the pregnancy, mom is in the position. She's already prepared. Everything is ready. And now the time, everything is lined up. And now it's time to start pushing. People of God, it's time for us to start pushing. It's time for us to start pushing and demanding, come on, God, would you come into this house? I don't want to wait anymore. I need it because right now it's just pushing. It's hurting me. If things are getting, I'm all uncomfortable. Things are hitting and, and I just don't know what to do. And you said if I'd be faithful these nine, these ten months, that here it is. And now I've been faithful and I'm sitting here and I'm ready. And it's Sunday morning and I'm in the right place. I'm at the right time. I've done my preparation and I'm ready for you to move. I'm ready for you to, to deliver. I'm ready for it to come forth. And then all of a sudden, they call it crowning. You begin to see the baby's head. 
People of God, there's a crowning happening. There's a crowning happening. It's beginning. Some of you know what I mean because some of you have been expecting God to move for a long time. I see some of you shaking your heads. I know you've been expecting it. You've been wanting it. You've been needing it. And you've been saying, God, I can feel it. I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know how to put it into words. But I know you're getting ready to do something. And I'm wondering if there are two or three or four of us in this room that would be willing to come together to start to push that God would deliver us. The crowning happens. Everybody in the room is excited. But you. Because you're ready to deliver. Everybody, nurses are excited. Candy stripers are excited. Even the doctor, he or she is ready. And they're saying, oh, I see the But you're still in pain. Understand this. The full move of God is not necessarily without pain. The full move of God for you and I, there may be some hurt that needs to happen. And what I mean, let me explain. There's a tearing that happens. For some of us, God has to tear us away from some things. He has to tear us away from some people. He has to tear us away from some situations, some some appetites. He's got to start tearing something just so that delivery can come forth. Don't know about you this morning, but I need God to show up. Because turning point, we need the presence of God. We need the Holy Spirit to move in this house every time we come together in one accord. Every time we come together in one accord, we need God's spirit to move. And if I were you this morning, I wouldn't wait for my neighbor. I wouldn't wait even for my spouse because it's an individual thing. We will walk together, but I need to get this thing for me. I need it. I just need you, God. I need your presence. I need your spirit. I need it to fall in me, to to just erupt in me so that I can make it through the week. Things are hard out there. And the enemy is not playing games because he recognizes that his time is short. His time is short. And so he's pulling out all the stops, doing whatever he needs to do and how he needs to do it. But yet and still, we still playing pickup sticks and other stuff. And No, we need to posture ourselves, recognize that the time is now, prepare and get into the place so that we can receive from heaven. We can receive. We don't have to wait for anything special. We can say, God, I need you now. I need you now. How many can say you need him? You know you need him. You need him. We need him. We need him. I'm going to pray with you this morning. I'm going to pray with you this morning. But for those of you who want to come to the altar, please come to the altar. We're just going to pray together. Pray with everybody. Pray for whoever.
This is how you know. This is how you know. I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed. I'm coming. Because I need him. And it's not that I'm not saved. It's not that I don't know him. It's not, but I need more. And I need you, God, to move now. I need it in my life. I need a fullness. I need your presence. I need your essence. I need everything that you can give me. And I don't want to leave this place without getting it from you. I want to agree this morning, God, that you're going to do it. I'm going to agree this morning, Father, that you will do it just for me. Just for me. Just for me. Just for me. I'm going to agree with you. While you're up here at this altar, just start praying. Just start asking him to do it. Just start calling out on his name. Just surrendering it to him. Father, we believe it. We believe it. We believe it. We believe, God, we don't want to leave this place without your miracle. We don't want to leave this place without your hand. We don't want to leave this place without knowing your spirit. God is in us, is driving us, is here. Jesus. Father, we cry out holy to you this morning. You are a holy God. For it is in you that we live and move and breathe. Father, we need your presence this morning. Oh, God. Would you just move on me? Would you move on me now? God, I don't want to leave the same way I came. I don't want to leave without your presence. I don't want to leave without knowing that you're filling me. Fill my cup. Let it overflow. Let it overflow. Let it overflow in me, Jesus. God, be real in me this morning. Father, there are those who are at this altar who have come because they believe that you can do it. Father, we are here because we believe and know that you are capable of doing just what you said you would do. So, God, this morning we are moving at by the leap of faith that we are stepping here, God, in leadership, God, Lord, as friends, as fellowship, whatever it is, that, God, you would do it for us this morning. Every praying heart, every hand that's lifted, every heart, God, that's surrendering, everyone in this place, under the sound of my voice, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would permeate every vessel here. Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. This is not just a sentiment. It's just not something to say. But we want to lay it down so that you would have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Father, we want to move on. We want to move from heaven. We want to move. God, we want to move. We want to know it's you. Whether we're driving in our car, we want to feel you. When we're at home, we want to know that it's you. Father, when we're, when we're cooking or cleaning or whatever it is that we do, we want to know that it's you. Father, when we're on our jobs, we want to know that it's you. We want to just surround us, Holy Spirit. Surround us inside, outside. Prop us up on every leaning side. Holy Spirit, do it. Do it. Do it for us. We'll forever honor your name. Oh, Jesus. We'll forever glorify your name. Because we recognize the authority. It is in you. You are the authority. And God, for even those of us, God, who haven't been faithful, we haven't done, and we recognize that, Father, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for you to change our hearts. Oh, Lord. Lord, make us over. Make us over.
Move on us, Holy Spirit. Because you are in control. You are in control. Endow us, Father, with your spirit. Pour it out. Pour out your presence on us. Fill us up. Let it be overflow. Let it be so much so that when people pass by or when they've seen us, God, they recognize your spirit because the overflow, the overflow, the overflow. Fill us. Jesus, fill us. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. We thank you and accept that sacrifice that was done for us. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning. We will forever give your name the glory and the honor. And though Satan would come and hit and smack and pull and some of us falter and whatever it is, you said you would not leave us nor forsake us. You wouldn't leave us nor forsake us. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, for staying with us. We thank you for your will, staying with us. Your word says that while we were yet sinners, you commended your love to us. So God, this morning, we thank you in advance, God, for what you're getting ready to do in our lives. Our friends need to be careful and watch out. Our family members need to be careful and watch out because you're getting ready to do some things in our lives and we are accepting and ready to move as you would say because we're expecting you to move in our lives. This morning, Jesus, we are expecting you to move. Some of it is not pain. Some of it is not fun. Some of it doesn't feel good, but God, teach us to hold on. Everyone at this altar, we want them to be able to hold on. Father, allow your oil, the oil of God, to just saturate these, your people. The oil of God, just to saturate. For we recognize in this house that it's the anointing of God that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing of God that destroys the yoke. Father, we want to be responsible with that anointing. Father, we want to learn to be responsible with what you've given to us. We want to speak your word. We want to stand where you tell us to stand. We want to position where you tell us to position. And even when it seems to get weary, when we get weary, God, you commanded for us not to be weary in well-doing, for in due season. Oh, God, in due season. If we don't faint, we'll reap. So, God, this morning, we want to be encouraged. To not be weary. There are some of your children who have become weary, who become, who begin to get just a little leery of what they're doing and how they're doing it. And they've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Spirit of the living God, show up in their lives. Show up, show up in their lives. Holy Spirit, show up in their lives. Let them know that you're there. Comfort them, comforter. Put your arms around them. Put your arms around them. Every broken vessel. You are the potter. 
Put them back on the wheel. Oh, God. Put them back on the wheel. Put them back on the wheel, comforter. You are a master carpenter. Put us back on the wheel. Make us whole again. Oh, God. There's healing that's needed in the house. Father, heal my sisters and my brothers. Lord, that are needing it. They're crying out to you. Father, they're hurt. They're broken. Heal them, Lord. Healing all in this place. Father, we'll forever give your name the glory. We won't be ashamed to tell folks that we love you because we recognize, God, you are all we need this morning. In Jesus' name. Somebody give God glory and say amen. Come on, give him glory and say amen. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. Bless the Lord for all of you this morning. Bless God. We're going to get ready to let you go. Um, how many of you were blessed this morning? Anybody was blessed? Amen. We thank God for his faithfulness. Make sure you, when you guys send emails to Pastor Jeff, y'all tell him y'all were blessed, okay? Just tell him you were blessed. <laughs> we thank the Lord for this opportunity that he's afforded to us to be here this morning. Thank the Lord for my sister who's encouraged me uh, to just take my time a little bit. So, yeah, I'm talking about you, Tapa. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So, I love you very much. I'm grateful. Um, um, it, it was not an easy thing to do for me this morning. Some of you might say it is, but it, it wasn't an easy thing because um, uh, I've said it before. Pastor Jeff is a great teacher, and he does what he does, and I want to make sure that the people are feeding or being fed. You need to be fed. I want to make sure that you're receiving of God. The only thing I know how to do is be me, and the Lord said that's good enough, so we're just going to walk with that. Amen. We're going to pray for you all. We're going to let you go. Some of y'all are still sitting. This is it. The church is over with now. That's it. Let's pray. We're going to let you go. Amen. Father, you can all stand. Come and stand with me. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, for your word. God, we thank you, God. We ask you to allow it to permeate every vessel here. God, let us take it with us. Let us ingest and digest this thing, God, this word, God, throughout the week. God, that we would be ministered to successfully, that we would come in here expecting you to move. God, just knowing that your will, your word would happen in our lives. Take us from this place, but never your presence, allowing your grace and mercy, God, to travel with us as we go up and down whatever highway or road we're on. We ask you, God, to keep us in the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody give the Lord a great big praise and say amen. All right, bless you.